Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Drew Barton. Drew's the president of Southern Web, an award-winning digital agency specializing in web development and digital marketing solutions, which he founded 16 years ago. He's also the author of The Buyer's Guide to Websites, a comprehensive toolkit for building and managing an incredible website, from agency vetting and contract creation to development oversight, design input, and digital marketing. Today, we're going to talk about all things digital, from what you need to know when building to optimizing, and what you should be looking for in a digital agency partner to help you along the way. We'll learn what's worked from Drew's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses often miss the mark. Drew, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you, Stacey. It's a pleasure to be here. What I love chatting about is what got you to today? You know, what made you decide, Drew, 16 years ago that you were going to start a digital agency and dive into the world of websites? Well, six, um, in 2001, I was the webmaster at CNN.com for about three years. And by virtue of doing that, people said, oh, you do CNN's website, but you do mine. And I'm not a really good person at saying no. So I said yes, and I said yes, and I said yes. And, and over time, I developed you know, 20 or 30 clients, and my little freelance business on the side became a full venture uh, into Southern Web that we have today. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it's been a journey um, from saying yes to maybe we should say no to some things. And, uh, that's kind of been the fun evolution of this business is to just watch it grow and be part of it. Um, and, uh, I love this, you know, being an entrepreneur and also helping other entrepreneurs build their websites and their businesses so that I can watch their businesses also grow. What have been the biggest changes over the last couple of decades with websites? Cause I mean, obviously it's a whole new world. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, when we originally were building websites, when I started the company, you didn't have the ability to make any edits yourself. So all your edits would have to go through a web developer. And then we put in content management systems behind the site so that our clients, the website owners could then update the websites. And then the mobile revolution happened. So all the websites that we had developed previously were no longer any good on, on phones and you had to scan and pan and it was, um, all our good work was uh, down the drain. And um, so that was fun. And now we're watching uh, even more evolution happen with um, folks wanting to have an app version of their website, or they wanted uh, just these small evolutions in terms of speed, in terms of search engine optimization, in terms of the practices of search from before in order to get your site to rank well are will actually hurt you by today's measures. So the Wait, things so I mean, that you, like cat 
marketing tactics and things like that with us yeah yeah like okay. if you were gathering links at one time you just had to pay someone overseas to start doing link building for you and now if you did that it would punish you terribly and there's a lot of people that pay a lot of money now to clean up the errors from the past where they were actually paying someone you know five dollars in asia to build links for them yeah. and now they're spending more money to undo that effort because it was working uh, so watching that these things sort of change over time has been, oh, wow, it's, it's been such an evolution. It really has been fun to watch because the things that you did in the past, like if you wrote these listicle articles, you know, five years ago, like five things you need to know about, you know, washing your dog, will now actually not rank in the same way. So you've got to redo it and do 5,000 words on washing your dog or cat instead of just this 300 word article that we were just doing five years ago. So we're watching this evolution happen and it's really, it's, it's really cool. It always, it keeps moving. And as long as it stays cool, that's the good things when, when you aren't keeping up with it and then you're just, uh, you know, shaking your fist at the sky as to why I'm losing my ranking and why I'm not staying ahead. It's part of this understanding of it's never finished. This marketing piece is never finished. It's not like you, you launch the website and you're done. Um, it's it's got to constantly be tended to in, in the way you would a garden or or your dog for that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, as someone who has a website, you know, we designed something. I thought it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was awesome. Yeah, and then we decided it was outdated. Like probably two years later. What is the life cycle of websites today? How often do you need to go in and tweak and reformat and reinvent potentially? Oh, wow. Um, all right, so there's a couple ways to answer that question. Okay. The first way is to answer it from the aspect of the Internal Revenue Service. So the Internal Revenue Service allows you to depreciate the website every three years. Every 36 months, you need to depreciate your website in, in its entirety which is kind of cool, right? Now you actually have like a financial reason as to why you need to revamp your website every three years. Um, that's one piece. The other piece is um, thinking of it from the other standpoint of, are you still doing the things that are on the website? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, your business, like in the same way as I just described as we talked before, the things that we were doing in terms of product lines, in terms of service lines, we don't do those anymore. We're not doing listicles anymore. And so the content that's on the website that was good in 2013, 2014 is, needs to be tended to, revamped, expanded upon um, because someone else is going to do it and do it better than you. And uh, so I think that is um, you know, one of the big evolutions that I've seen uh, especially in the last couple of years with what we do and what we don't do from the past, yeah. And Google actually gives more credit to websites that are updating themselves and adding additional content, to my understanding, right? Yeah, so thinking about it from Google's standpoint, they're looking for who is the subject matter expert on dog washing, let's say, since we've gone down this, this, uh, this street of dog washing. So... If you're Google and you're in their shoes, like how do you look at who's providing the best content? And is it someone that's actually provided essentially 
a copied version of Wikipedia, which would be probably the lowest version if they've actually plagiarized someone else's work? Do you give it to someone that wrote five things you need to know about dog washing? Or do you give someone who's actually published like the Encyclopedia Britannica of dog washing? And if it's going to be the latter, like if you're Google, you're going to say, who's going to give me the best information, something, tell me something I didn't know before. And that person's going to get rewarded. And I think that's really, um, it's really time consuming for businesses. That is the big struggle of business today where they're going, oh my gosh, how do we do this? How do we, because before we did it, we did it with pictures and we put really pretty pictures and, and what would happen is we'd anecdotally is um, they just wouldn't put enough content on, on the page to make it rank well. And, and what we're finding is it's just so much content is required today in well, and that's, formats. Yeah, and that's where the magic of blogging and podcasting, if you're doing transcripts, comes in because you could just have your general website and then you can fill it with all this awesome new content on so many different topics that have keywords that are going to be about you and your business yes. that are being on a regular basis. Right, and it's content that was never out there before. You know, something that has moved the needle. Each time you're publishing content, you're asking yourself, how does this move the needle in a way that's telling me something I haven't heard before? Um, Because if it's just regurgitating the same information, Google has to act, the search engines have to act like, uh, you know, King Solomon from the Bible, essentially. Like, how do you judge which one wins? You know, if you're just giving the same information over and over again, which one do you put in first position? Which one do you put in second position? It's really an interesting like battle that goes on. Um, and uh, the way you do this is providing yourself as a better subject matter expert than the guy next to you and hopefully beneath you. And continuing to update it because if the guy updates his, then now you're pushed down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And updating, and it's always interesting when I get clients that ask this question, like, how much is enough of an update? Mm-hmm. And you know immediately, like, they're looking for... The bare minimum. A, do I change a period <laughs> at the end of the paragraph? Is that enough? And, and at that point, you really have to stop the marketing train on them and say, okay, we're on two different wavelengths of, of content development here. It's not a matter of just moving a period or adding a comma. It's a matter of creating... 3,000, 5,000 words on a subject today to really show that you are a subject matter expert on this. Right. Not moving a period. <laughs> Do you think, or adding a picture. Do you think that websites today can be, you know, fully optimized and successful if they don't have this dearth of additional content being added to them on a regular basis? If they're in any way in a competitive space, no. But if they are the only dog washer in a small town of 40 people, they'll probably be okay. But if you're in any way competitive with anyone else in a space, then yes, you can't get by with, you know, five words and, and a picture. Um, and, and so that's the thing. If you're, if you're ultra niche, you're, you're going to be okay. But if you're in any way not 
which is the vast 99% of us, yeah, yeah you're not going to get by with the dearth of information anymore. You've, you've got to put it all out there in ways that you haven't before. And if you're not an expert at it, to hire someone who is, whether that be in terms of video or content or social, whatever those pieces are, if you're not good at it, I'm not good at cleaning my house. I'll go ahead and say that. You don't want me to clean my house. I'll put it that way. So I've had to hire someone that does that. And in the same case, we'd like, we'd like for our clients to hand over that expertise to us and say, okay, you can do this better than we can. Yeah. Well, it comes yeah. down to, I mean, entrepreneurs and, and business leaders or, you know, executives on different teams, you have to choose what you like to do and what you don't like to do. If you don't like to do it, you're probably not going to kick ass at it and you might want to outsource it to someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, if, if like, like we were talking about earlier, if TikTok is not your thing, find someone who is good at TikTok to do it for yeah. you. If you don't feel like sitting in front of a word processor for the afternoon and writing 3,000 words on a subject matter that's important to the success of your business, yeah. to find someone that, it, that can do it. Yeah. That's really the, the key of success. Of, it's actually delegation. It's, you know, proper delegation. It's in we hear a lot of times from people, they're like, oh, well, you know, we wouldn't be able to have someone else write the content about our business. But the fact is, there are awesome writers out there who it doesn't matter what the subject is. They can take something, look at it, do a little bit of research, and it sounds like they have been doing it all their lives. The same person that says that is also someone who will also agree to redline someone else's content. So they will be like, if, they'll, if someone else will write it, I will have no problem with correcting it because I know what it should say. But if they sit at a blank word processor screen and have to write it themselves, yeah. yeah. My favorite thing, oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite things. There was a movie in the 90s called, a Stephen King book called Misery. Do, do you I know, know it well. Oh right. yeah, I love that book. I'm a big king. Every business owner has this dream of them going to the mountains or to some beach house where they're going to write the website copy. Give me a weekend away. I'll put all this content together. The website will be ready. I'm going to one up you interrupt right now. COVID-19, <laughs> half the time right now. And it's not happening. It's not happening for anyone. Exactly. Exactly. We, we are, we are, we're in lockdown right now. What happens is they pack the dogs, the kids, they head up to the mountains, and everything happens but this website copy that needs to happen, or yeah. but this blog post that needs to happen, or this business plan that needs to happen, or this content structure that needs to happen for the website. It's, it's really amazing, and, and uh, it's quite delusional at the same time, but it's fun. It's fun. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the, we make sure to prioritize things that are not the priority many times in life and or that's how we find out what priorities actually are yeah it's true yeah. that is so very true looking at a website today so here's your website what are the parts and components that actually need to be included in it what is it in a website today that you need to have i mean we're talking about you need content right so in an updated content but what are the core parts of a website that you need to have that if you don't have, you're really missing out? The biggest important thing to have is an understanding of who this website is for, an understanding of the persona 
that the, uh, the website is directed to. And all too often, what happens is the owner of the website confuses themselves for the persona that they are selling to. And that's a really dangerous thing. So what I always recommend doing is spending a little bit of time, write some columns on a sheet of paper, go old school, get a pen and paper, and then write on that paper who each one of the audiences are for your website. You know, if it's stay-at-home moms, great. If it's um, elderly women in Brooklyn, fantastic. That's what we're writing, okay? So, and then how they shop, do they call? Do they order online? Um, what their what their particular habits are? Getting very clear on that before anything else happens. So how you're going to attract each one of those audiences together, and then putting together the plan so that there is a page of content that speaks directly to that persona. Mm -hmm. So if you are selling to elderly women in Brooklyn, do you have a page of content that speaks to her? that talks about her struggle and how your business, your solution can fix her woes. And without that understanding of who that persona is, what happens more often than not is they copy the content from the old site, slap it in the new site, and then try to fix it on the fly, if they even can, instead of saying, that which was there in 2014, 2016, 2018, is, th is there and, and rest, its, rest its weary head, because now we're gonna give it time to come forward in this new way, because my audience today is a little bit different, more targeted, and hopefully more niche than it was two, three years ago or at least have a better understanding of who he or she is and redeveloping the content. So it really speaks to it. So that when you do search for that item in Google, you now have the content that makes you subject matter expert to that persona. And that's really what's really important and getting very clear on who that persona is. That's the big, big mistake I see with websites is it's just, either, it's either a copy and paste old to new with a new design and then you just essentially moved over all your content debt, your technical debt from the old site to the new one, or just not getting really clear on how your business has changed and who your audience has changed just a little bit. Um, and then I guess the third one would be saying, I sell to everybody, which isn't true. Um, and then thinking I've got to develop this website that's going to appeal to the masses. Um, and, uh, that's just not necessarily the case. That's not necessarily the case. Getting really clear on who those personas are. And I guess the fourth thing that I've noticed is all too often people really, really, really want to get into designing a new website. That design piece is so attractive that people will skip the homework step of developing the persona and rewriting the copy. So for some reason, making it colorful, pretty, and sparkly tends to push the dreaded homework piece out of the way. So more often than not, people jump to the dessert before they eat their vegetables. Sure. Um, yeah. What's your dog's uh, name? That one is Angus. I've got several. Angus. Yeah. Okay. That was Angus. <laughs> I have Luna and Leia. So luckily they don't have her on because otherwise they would be joining Angus right now in celebrating. <laughs> 
Yeah. So what happened with me earlier on a podcast today, I had everything set up. It was all fantastic. It was great. Um, tested everything out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get some water. I came back and my puppy, who's eight and a half months old, had somehow moved this computer and table just a little bit enough to pull the entire internet out of the wall, which takes another, you know, 10, 15 minutes to reboot up. So that was a success. We all have, it's awesome now. COVID-19. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting is I've installed this new software that's supposed to mute out the noises in the background, but apparently it's not uh, muting out my Angus in the background. Yes. Yeah, dogs are impossible to mute out, so that's okay. They're there not to be muted. They are very <laughs> colorful and part of our lives. So, you know, there are options now. Website design's gotten a lot easier, and it's not that they're, they're self-serve platforms. You can go in, you could create one yourself. It's not going to be as good as if you're working with someone who actually knows what they're doing. Um, but it, and the other option is to do that, to hire a digital agency, you know, such as yourself or another to go in and truly craft this. But there's the third option as well, where instead of you're doing it and instead of someone else is doing it, you get the landscape, you have it developed by someone, and then you're able to go in and you're able to maintain it and you're able to keep that content up to date. And you're able to still mm. grow it on your end, which I think is probably the perfect storm of even what you as a want to do, because I can't imagine you want to go necessarily being responsible for updating every single solitary thing whenever someone wants to do a new offer on their website or update a new photo on their website or update a new blog. Right. Yeah. So how, how should someone be approaching digital agencies? How should they find someone that's the right partner? Because it's easy to get the wrong person involved in your website where you think that it's going to be one thing and then 10 times the costs later, you're still going down the road. It's not actually in scope and what you wanted because you weren't really aligned from the beginning. Yeah. So in my book, in the buyer's guide, I have an entire chapter on breaking up, which is a great question to ask from the beginning, which is really disturbing because we want relationships to work out every single one of them from the get-go. We, we, want, we want to be together. Um, but the true fact is, as your business grows and their business grows or their business shrinks and yours grows, there's possibility of a breakup in there. And so one of the questions that I tell my clients to ask in the very first meeting is, how do I cancel? Mm -hmm. If this doesn't work out, and I'm not saying it is, but it probably, it's not if, it's when. It's when. We're going to break up. How does that happen and who gets what? What's the division of assets when we divorce? And it's a really good tell when you're working with someone who is not a professional at that point. Because the, the unprofessional will give you a sign at that point of what is to come. Because that's an unexpected question. You've done a pattern interrupt. To quote Tony Robbins, I'm, you're doing a pattern interrupt at that point. So you pattern interrupt and you say, how do I cancel? Because they were thinking, okay, he's, he or she's gonna sign. Instead you say, well, what happens when this doesn't work? How do I cancel? And knowing how that happens in a smooth and professional way is the tell for you that you know that you're working with a professional. Right. 
if they're humming and hawing through the answer and it's not clear on who gets access to the Twitter account and who's gets, who owns the website and how you transfer it to the new web developer or how you get access to the web hosting, if all that seems kind of, ooh, because this is what you're going to be going through yep. when you do break up. And so asking how, we, how we're going to break up and having a tried and true process for breaking up is a great question to ask in the very beginning. It's a little awkward. It's intentionally a little awkward because you're not supposed to say, how are we, how are we going to break up? Um, but it's going to give you a really good tell because you'll know, A, that they've been through it before. And any, any agency is going to break up. You know, it's people dealing with people. It's going to happen. Um, I'd actually be worried if the agency had all their clients from day one. Um, either they're not charging enough or they are charging too, you know. Uh, but yeah, knowing how they break up is a really good tell to ask. Um, and I love asking that question. Um, and, it, and it's a good tell for you. And if it sets off that little hair on the back of the neck with, your, with the answer, there will be more hair on the back of your neck when you actually do get to do the cancellation process with them. Yeah. So I bet you are someone who would be completely supporting prenup agreements. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you, if you I, know I the process, if, yeah, if you know yeah. the process when you get yeah. into it, you'd be like, yeah, I, I understand how this is going yeah. to going to shake out. Um, it makes it a lot easier in any sort of relationship. I mean, I think, you know, that, that whole thing that you just said can be applied to anything besides personal relationships, employee and employer relationships, the same thing, because it, it what I've noticed really interesting, totally our topic is that, you know, team members and even myself in my past, when you're at a job, you know, it's scary to be like, I might want to leave here one day. You shouldn't ever talk about the fact that you want to leave the company you're with, but eventually you have to leave in order to grow or things. If you stop having that ability, something can happen, you know, whatever. It's not necessarily that, Oh, this golden opportunity I'm moving across the country and no hands at fault. I mean, you're going to have to break up. And what I try to teach our team members is that it's okay to have those conversations and it's okay to make a plan and speak up because everyone's an adult and it's a business relationship and it's healthy to talk about the fact that you're there to help and support each other right now, but one day you might have to part ways. And so what you're saying is really the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, as, as a business owner, it feels good to help them go on to the next step. Yeah. And, um, and I'm really clear with our, our team members is when, when this isn't, when all switches are not in the go position, yeah. let me help you get to the point where it is go. And if that means going on to another agency or starting your own agency or going to an entirely different line of work, um, that's your calling. Um, you've got to keep moving like a Newton second law. You got to stay in motion. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what are other things for if they're working with a digital agency partner. Talk about how to break up. Yeah. So, <laughs> how else should you be evaluating this and looking for the right person to work with you to build your website? Um, so I've, in, in the book, there's a series of questions to ask. Um, 
that if you're not technically inclined, that are kind of like the answer key. So if you're feeling like low on the totem pole of website understanding, to use this as sort of your cheat sheet to know that they're dealing with a fellow Jedi to give you the questions like, oh, normal clients, normal clients, like every average client doesn't normally ask these questions. Like, um, are you doing the work in-house or are you outsourcing it? No, no that's t- key. Typically wouldn't. Yeah, because you would automatically think that if you're hiring someone that of course they're doing the work in house. I hired someone and I learned that they were doing all the work in house. And here's this individual that now I'm charging this up charge. I'm being paid, mm-hmm. I'm she's being paid an up charge to have someone else do it, which would be fine if I knew that and that's what I went in planning for. Correct. Yeah. So it's simply asking, are you doing it yourself or are you having yeah. someone else do it? It's a great yeah. one. Um, what happens when the website's finished? Okay. Which is, you're assuming they're going to be there to help you, but anytime you make an assumption, I'll just leave the rest of that sentence blank. Um, when, when do I owe you money? Knowing the parts of the process, when I'm going to pay you, is it on my satisfaction or is it on a timetable of milestones on This month you're paying me on this month and this month. Um, Also, what level of search engine optimization are you going to do on the website? I think that's a really interesting thing to say because we all assume the website's going to be search engine optimized as if that's some sort of good housekeeping seal of approval that happens. But anyone that's in the business will tell you that's an endless pursuit of search engine optimization. So getting a better understanding of what level of SEO, search and optimization you're getting with the website is really crucial because otherwise you spend all this money on the website, you launch it, you're expecting it to do well because of this unstated expectation, and then it, your website can tank in the, in the rankings because I thought you were optimizing it for the website or it says yeah. it says in your proposal, search engine optimized, and it's just a bullet point in a proposal. When really, when you use the word search engine optimized, it's a much, much deeper engagement. Um, is there a pause clause? So a pause clause, this is a um, really important thing. Life happens. And there are times when you need to stop work on something to work on something else. People get pregnant, people get fired, people lose, leave their jobs. COVID-19 happens and you can no longer focus on, on building the website. Um, that kind of thing, having a pause clause and knowing, okay, I can pause it for 30 days, 90 days without paying you. I I can re-enter into the process. Um, what happens? Having the pause clause is a really important question to ask. And, um, what is a change order for you guys? It's a really big one, especially if you're new to this, if you're an amateur or not feeling totally solid in, in search um, is really an, an, a helpful, helpful thing to know is like what predicates a change order? Because I might not have asked all the questions and our business use case might have changed 30, 60, 90 days into the process and I now need to add new pages for this new product line. Is that a change order or not? If I then show it to my boss and he hates it, is that a change order? Or 
And what, what are the cases that create change order? Yeah. Those are all, all really, really good points of advice. Thanks. Yeah. And they're all in your book that you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, because I plugged it before, and I'm giving you the <laughs> chance now to plug it, you are actually giving all of our listeners a really, really cool gift today. And you had made an offer. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like a copy of the book, um, just send me an email, and I will be happy to send you a digital copy of it. Um, just send me an email to drew at southernweb.com, and I'll send you a copy. Happy to. I just figured now would be a good time to plug the book because, you know, you were just talking about all these awesome things from the book. Yeah, and the, the whole back of the book is those questions that I just went through and about 70 more. So um, maybe not, maybe don't give all the questions to the web developer, um, but pick and choose the ones that are important for you. But there's, yeah. there's a whole glossary of questions to ask um, to your web and developer. I will tell you, you know, we ended up redesigning our website a couple of years ago and working with an individual and she was great. And, but I wish I'd read your book beforehand because it went way out of scope. Um, we were on different pages and we just, you know, we thought we were both probably on the same page and communication just wasn't there in some way. And it, it caused things to take longer for her and for me because we both thought we weren't just on the same page. And so having those conversations that you just outlined, asking those questions, it's gonna enable you to know if you need to come up with all the content, all the final copy, right? That's very different than say, having them do the design and you're providing a copy, or are you entering this thinking that someone else is going to create copy for you? That's a very different, different ask and a different cost structure. Absolutely. Yeah. So asking all these questions up front, but here's the thing is we're not born knowing the answers to these questions up front. And we're not, we're not born knowing that we're supposed to ask these, especially if you run a dog washing service. I mean, how are you supposed to know these questions? It wasn't here 20 years ago. We didn't know to ask these questions, well, maybe 25 years ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't there. And we didn't know to ask all these questions. Like, is it going to be optimized for Android you know, the latest version of Android. Who would ask that or think to ask it if that's not your key line of business? So in some ways, I kind of uh, consider the, this book a helpful guide for folks to know what questions to ask. Yeah. So that way that later there's not that frustration that you feel because now your expectation doesn't align with what they were selling you in the first place. Yeah. And there's some, I mean, technology is changing, you know, you've touched on it, you know, whatever that platform might be that you want to do an extent on, now you want to actually create an app out of your website. I mean, all of these things play into the actual structure of what your design is and the type of layout you're doing, the type of content you're doing. Um, so that's something that needs to be a conversation. If all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I want to one day have, you know, my website, but I want to have it merge with a database and have a back end. And, you know, you have this whole different world or, you know, we haven't sold anything online, but I want to create a shop or marketplace. That's a different conversation you're going to be needing to have as well. So taking yeah. some time and figuring it out up front is going to save you a lot of money on the back end. A lot of, a lot of money. A, a lot of tears, a lot of frustration, yep. a lot of anger, and yeah, it, um, it, it's always, you, you don't know what to ask, 
You don't know what the hell this question says. And these things are complicated and they get more and more complicated every single day. Yeah. It's, you know, before you throw up front page and you build a, a site in, in an afternoon and stuff. And that just doesn't cut it anymore. And it's gotten more and more specialized and more and more complicated. So there's no way that you're going to know all the questions to ask up front. Um, but knowing that when you're asking those questions, that you feel like you're dealing with someone that you can trust through the process. That's, that's, I really want that to be the takeaway from it. Like, did you feel like this person was answering your questions and did you feel that they were an honest broker? Because if they were an honest broker through the process, you'd feel so much better through the whole process. And by asking and picking away it a little bit, it helps you get comfortable with that other person, that other agency, because they're your partner in this process and hopefully for years to come. So do you have any other additional advice that you want to leave our audience with? Oh, it's never finished. It's never, yeah. ever finished. You know, it, it's always interesting when someone says, oh, I built my website, and then they give a date to it. Mm -hmm. and, and at that moment, when it launched, it died. And then that was the end of it. And then they may pick it up again in three, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, that might have been the way 10, 15 years ago, but your website is a living, breathing organism that your customers and your clients are going to and your potential employees are also going to and seeing what your business is about, seeing that it's living and breathing and growing and getting bigger and a success story. That's that what I, is a big takeaway is it's not done. And you've got to continually water and feed it and nurture it and grow it until it is your 24 seven, 365 employee of the year where it is just going and growing and, and making your, your company and yourself more successful. Cause if you do it right, that's what happens. Um, but if you don't, it dies on the day you launch it. Well, and even extending on the dying on it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, WordPress, right? A lot of websites are built on WordPress uh, or other different platforms. And there's updates to these platforms that are outside your control. You've signed up for it. You do not decide if there's an update or not. They decide if there's going to be an update. There's security updates and there's tweaks that happen. And sometimes it can screw with your content really badly and it can break links or take away photos or change text. And you're like, how'd that happen? How did a goblin get in my website and screw down with the whole thing. So you have to keep your eyes on it and, and make sure that things are still active and working and, and to the best tech level as possible. Absolutely, yeah. We, we have, we actually have one company at, our, at Southern Web that is just, uh, it's just to support WordPress sites and helping them with these updates that come out yeah. sometimes weekly, sometimes daily, sometimes monthly in, in what's going on with these security updates or improvements, that software, that backend software is continually updating and growing and getting better and making sure that the changes and the front end pieces that you have still work is so important. And so many people are afraid 
of pushing the update button yeah. and, and blowing out their website. And, uh, yeah, it's, ha- it's happened. I've stumbled across our own pages on our website and I knew that it looked great. Like the last time I looked a long time ago, cause I don't control over our website all the time and check all the pages. I have other people that hopefully are doing it, but we did as much as we should. And I'll go to it. I'm like, wait, wait, what happened? Half the page is missing. And that happens in updates. So you have to actually keep your eyes on it. Oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is real. What you're talking about content disappearing, the site just white, white screening. These are real concerns. And it's not just with WordPress, all, all the, all the yeah. different website builders have there, yep. whether it's Drupal or Wix or Squarespace. They're always running updates. They're always patching because there's always hackers and bad people and, yeah. and folks that want to take advantage of your website. So just keep an eye on it. And then also, while you're at it, read the content aloud. I bet it doesn't say what you think it does. I'm sure it doesn't. It doesn't. There's lots of things. You can always find spelling errors. No matter how many times you look at something, there's always going to be a grammar, a smelling, a weird sentence, something that's like a miss. Oh, it's, it's like that, you know, the Febreze commercial where they put them in a van and it's filled with junk and they spray the Febreze so they, do, they don't know that what? they're in a, You grow nose blind to the content that's on your website. You've, you've seen it. So clearly yeah. that's what it says. Yeah. And then one day you, you hold it up and you read it and you go, oh my gosh, why would anyone hire us? That, that no. we don't, we're not even speaking English here, you know? Honest, uh, <laughs> honest to God, I know. I have read things where my t- I've been like talking to a team member. I'm like, it shouldn't say that. And I'm like, we copied it from the website and um, you wrote it, Stacy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have some brave employees, yes. So, you know, <laughs> people are allowed to speak their mind. But, you know, we all make mistakes, and, and that happens, and all things do. So continuous, as you said, keeping your eye on it, tweaking, keeping it alive, not dead in the grave would be optimal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's continuous. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Well, Drew, thank you so much for joining today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. It was quite fun and learning and talking about websites, which people might not always think could be fun, but you made it fun. So thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Marketing Stakes and how to avoid them. I look forward to chatting with you on the next podcast. Until then, please be safe.